Hey everybody, in this episode we're going to be looking at the concept of tools and how it's a really a much more universal concept that applies to everything than many people realize. And it's a very useful concept to tap into. So we're going to be getting into that. Stay tuned. And that's coming up next. You're listening to the Wizard Factory Audio Podcast, streaming now from Spotify, iTunes, and other major platforms. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Wizard Factory podcast, where you subscribe to weekly episodes exploring deeper knowledge and understanding of the universe and ourselves. I'm Logan Hart. And I'm Brian Easterday. And we're talking about tools today. Episode number 70. Definitely getting up there. (laughs) Yeah. And um, think about uh, what is a tool? You probably uh, imagine a hammer, you know, a saw something like that very standard uh concept of what a tool is you know something to to like build a house or something to that effect which of course those those are tools in fact but what makes a tool a tool you know uh the basic definition that i found here for what is a tool is a device or implement used to carry out a particular function that means that Anything really can be a tool. It's about your consciousness and how you can view something that could work to your benefit. In fact, there was a a quote that I heard, something to the effect of the problem with the world is that people use people and love things when they should love people and use things. So you can look at tools as something to be used to your benefit. It doesn't always mean that you're you're going to exploit that thing. It's that it can be used to serve your goals. Well, if you're a good person, then your goals are good for you and good for everyone else, the common good, of course. So that's not necessarily a a bad mindset to have. But um, just setting up this concept in a very simple way, we're trying to re-examine how we're looking at what a tool can be. And once you do that with this new paradigm, you will realize that really anything can and should be a tool to you if you are truly committed to developing your consciousness as, as a being. Mm-hmm. So with that, I'll let, I'll let Brian kind of riff on that a minute. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely very useful to, to understand that tools aren't always just physical items you know like you like there are many tools there are tools of consciousness we can look at you know the runes those are a tool of consciousness astrology is is a tool used for studying consciousness the tarot you know on and on there are lots of different examples so when we start seeing that tools are either an object or or something that we can apply in a way that it allows us to achieve a certain task more efficiently you know, like, what does a tool do? It increases your efficiency, your ability to perform that task a, a lot, a lot better. You know, like you being able to have a power saw instead of a handsaw, well, you can cut things a lot quicker. So, so this is how it works. So when we can start looking at from the pagan mindset, we, we can observe that everything in nature, everything is a tool. 
every experience we have is a learning experience. Everything can be used to raise your awareness, raise your consciousness, gain more insight when you shift your mindset into this animist or this pagan worldview. We can see, for example, like with working with the, uh, the gods, you know, or different deities, these, these are archetypes that we can use to understand psychological aspects of ourselves or aspects of nature, of life, things like that. Those are tools. They're tools that we're using. So when you can start bringing the, that concept of tools into how we're, how we're using certain activities to raise our awareness, well, all of a sudden you can start seeing everything as a tool. Mm-hmm. And, and when we were brainstorming earlier, you were talking about this kind of idea of being like a spiritual tradesman or something. Would you like to yeah. unpack that concept? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like with a tradesman, you know, you generally see a, a tradesman, they'll have a certain set of tools that they use for their job. Like, you know, when I was a young man, I was a flooring installer, you know, so I had a tile saw and I had, you know, had all the different tools that I needed for, for those, that task, you know, and, and each tool did its own thing. But being able to have a mastery of those tools is what uh, allowed me to be that tradesman, to be that, that, you know, that flooring installer that, that really knew what I was doing. I wasn't just an apprentice anymore. I was a master, you know, a master flooring installer where I could, I could go do whatever job I wanted. So being a tradesman of consciousness is where you have worked with enough occult knowledge or knowledge that deals with how we and the universe operate through cosmic law that when you start getting all these little tools under your belt, you start learning mastery of the runes, you start getting mastery of astrology, numerology, tarot, wh- whatever the practice is that allows you to become more efficient at that trade of being a person who your, your trade is the development of your own consciousness and helping others do the same. Exactly. Very great way to explain that. And think about like, if something is your job, that's something you've been tasked to do. It's kind of your responsibility, isn't it? So we talk a lot about responsibility on this channel. It's kind of a theme here, being a sovereign being thing. You're responsible for you. Um, So as a spiritual being, you have a responsibility to come here and grow up, you know, develop your consciousness that's what we are tasked to do and there really is no escaping that but why would you want to because it's only becoming more synchronized and harmonious with the divine intelligence of the universe so if you make that your trade in other words you care about your job you show some fucking pride in your work then Tools of the trade is what's going to determine how quickly you climb that ladder of consciousness, one rung at a time, one tool at a time. So they're, they're like stepping stones, each tool, you know, building off of the last one. Well, you, you can't invent a car until you have a horse and carriage. That's how consciousness works. The horse and carriage was the mental concept, principle of mentalism, that gave birth to the vehicle. Because a car is kind of just a, a, a motorized cart. It's the same but better. It's evolution. It's moving forward. So that's, that's the tradesman sort of allegory, it, hence, hence the name, tools of the trade. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I also wanted to tie this back into natural law a, a little bit because, again, taking it back to that initial definition of a device or implement used to carry out a particular function, well, the way we speak about natural law on this channel is all about cause and effect. So f the function, like every law has its function. You see, it, it's, it's foundational to every single thing we do because every action we take interacts with that law that, that carries out that function. If, if you're not functional at the task that you're trying to do, you're going to fail. And then you're left with either giving up or learning and trying a, a better way. And, you know, mm -hmm. that, that process of repetition, but, but it's not circles, it's spirals. Like you're still kind of on a trajectory. But the, this idea of function being that you're, you're doing the job successfully. Natural law is all about, you know, pass or fail, but, but learn kind of being the, the bubble that envelops mm -hmm. all of it, right? The, right? A failure is still a positive because it's all going towards that evolutionary process. Mm -hmm. um, and so just, again, anything that isn't you is a tool. I mean, I guess like your body, you know, it, even that gets a little bit ambiguous. Uh, your body is you, but it's also a tool for your consciousness. But, but anything, especially in the external world, uh, any concept even can and, and should be a tool to you. Yeah, I like that you use the uh, the example of like the horse and buggy and then evolving into a, a you know a motorized vehicle. That's, I mean, even with motor, like how do they rate the, the engine and how much horsepower it has? Horsepower. <laughs> so you, you, you can see that development of that of that concept. Um, there was something else that you said too that, uh, hold on, let me try to see if I can remember. Um, yes. So in, uh, in regards to being, if you make that your trade, right. Making, you know, raising your consciousness, your trade well, really at the fundamental level, that is all our trade. Like what have we talked about on the show? The fundamental assumption, the fundamental building block of the universe is that we're the all experiencing itself to gain more awareness. It's learning about itself. So raising our awareness, learning about ourselves, experiencing things, that's the fundamental trade we all share. So being able to use, re recognize and use these tools for the development of consciousness, you, you can't really go wrong with it because, it, you know, we, we all have this same, no matter what our dharma is, no matter what our karmas are as individuals, we have that same fundamental goal of experiencing and learning. Yeah. And uh, this was just hitting me here, too, about moving past the realm of technology. OK, that's that's the obvious one. Hammer, mm -hmm. saw, cell phone. OK, that's a huge mm -hmm. tool for developing consciousness. We now yeah. have the collective consciousness in digital form accessible mm -hmm. in our hands. That's freaking amazing. Right. But, yeah. but let's go further. Take it to the spiritual level. Technology is still very much of the material realm, which, you know, folks who follow us know that we don't think that it's, you know, it's, it's higher and lower doesn't necessarily mean better or worse or any of that kind of thing. It's mm -hmm. just that the spiritual plane is, is kind of like uh, beyond, I'm sure, like a para, mm -hmm. you know, paranormal. So think about something like a role to play from the pagan mindset of 
dharma and reincarnation um we come to this realm in manifested physical form in the flesh we could be man or woman we could be any race we could be crippled we could you know there's all these different sort of uh experiences that we can have and the roles that we play in life is like one of the biggest building blocks of this dynamic where you know you even in your the the the, the life that you've chosen to incarnate in your roles are going to shift within that even with within that mm -hmm. same lifetime you go from you know child uh to to parent or you know husband or wife uh, you know, brother sister you know familial ones relationship you know boss employee these are all these different kind of and, and you, you might be a boss you know like a, a, a ruler in one life and then come back and be a, a peasant you know what i'm saying and like so all these roles are very much a tool for developing consciousness mm -hmm. that our souls use even between lifetimes to to keep right. that cycle going and remember that tools are malleable but also uh somewhat inescapable when you're born you're already someone's child even if they aren't being parents to you like they birthed you they're they're parents albeit distant ones it, it the role is kind of there the where it goes beyond that is the role that we are, we feel we're supposed to play. Like when we talk about like things like gender roles, it's not about your physiology. It's about, well, I'm the husband, so I have to do this. I'm the father, so I have to do this. Or, I, you know, yeah. I'm the boss, so I have to behave this way. Or I'm running a business, so I have to be professional. That's a role you're playing. And, yeah. and like, your strengths can be your weaknesses in the other way around. Anything can kind of, it's all about balancing them and then leveraging them to your benefit. Otherwise they could actually be the thing that's like keeping you, keeping you trapped, which we'll, we'll actually get into a little more on that concept uh, in a bit. Yeah. You mentioned technology and then we, we, when we look beyond that, you know, we can see that language is a tool, you know, psychedelics are a tool, yes. rituals are tools yoga is a tool relationships are big tools for learning about ourselves there's you know like all these different kind of dynamics that you were talking about these different roles that we step into and play you know uh throughout our life each one of them has its own experiences its own lessons its own challenges that come with it and and they all serve their purpose you know so it's very it's very useful when you start bringing an awareness to this that like, cause we're all experiencing it, but you, if you bring an awareness, like this is what, this is what my soul's doing. Like I'm here to gain awareness and that everything can be a tool. Everything can be used to learn from when you can step into that mindset and integrate it into your life. You will just notice there, there will never be a time where you're just, you're not getting hit with some kind of lesson. Like it's just that it's a constant wave of learning all the time when you can, you can really step into that mindset of understanding this is why I'm here and I'm, and I'm consciously using my will and my actions to get in alignment with that. When you see that, you know, it's like we said with the tradesman, you know, a tradesman who doesn't have tools or he doesn't know how to use them properly, it's going to take him a lot longer to get the job done. 
But if you become a master of those tools, all of a sudden your progress skyrockets. Mm, exactly. I love that you said language too. <laughs> to be honest, I, I almost see that as the tool. You know, like Terrence yeah. McKenna said, that, like our reality is literally made of language because, mm -hmm. again, back to that, that first principle, what you were saying, Brian, we're the all of experiencing itself. Um, beyond the simple highest truth that all is one, the moment you go beyond that, you've already divided it, right? Mm -hmm. Like even to become, a, you know, to be on a spiritual experience, well, now you're the, you're the one on the path and then there's the experience. So now you have two things, there's you and the experience or the out there mm -hmm. or whatever. And each stage beyond that, you're, what you're adding to is concepts. So this is really kind of going to be the theme of this, is that tools are, re are really concepts more than they are things. Sometimes they are things, but sometimes they aren't. But the, the, if, they if they follow that definition, in other words, if they're functional, then they are a tool, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's, kind of, it's kind of that simple. So with language, language is like just about the most all-pervasive collection of concepts and ideas because it, it's that's every word in the language that you've ever heard and, and do or don't know the meaning to is just referring to a concept. That's all mm -hmm. it is. Whether it's an item, a feeling, uh, you know, a, a piece of food, like a relationship, whatever, they're just concepts. And that's, that's what we, it's really just us interacting with all these different concepts, but in our own minds, because the concept isn't the thing. Calling a hammer doesn't make it a hammer. It already is the thing. And actually a hammer is just a chunk of metal with some woods like stuck in it. So it's only a hammer if you know what a hammer is and how to use it and allow it to be functional allow it to do its job right so i mean right that yeah. oh, that's this, a good this goes, point this goes so deep really yeah i i really like that you use that example hammer because it, it immediately made me think of like astrology so for example how, how many people are going around and they see the stars they see everything going on there they know there's planets up there but they don't actually understand that they like that's an extremely useful tool for the navigation of your own consciousness and interacting with others but if they're not aware of it, if they're not aware of the concept, they don't understand it, they don't have a mastery of it, they're not going to be able to use that to, to complete their job quicker, which is the development of their consciousness. Um, and I think that leads into a good point that tools can, they can help us, but they could also hinder us. Um, you know, just as like a tool could help you build a, you know, the proper tool can help you build a house or achieve a job much quicker. If you become too reliant on a tool, that could also very much uh, hurt you. An example would be like uh, a lighter, right? So say you were in a survival situation and you, were, you had a lighter and you were using that lighter to light your fire. Well, that's really, really great until it runs out of fuel. Mm -hmm. You became too reliant on that fuel. If you don't know how to start that fire without, those, you know, without that tool or how to use another tool to create that same effect, then, you know, that that's actually, even though it's helped you for a little while, in the long run, it can end up hindering. You. 
So what's important to notice here is not becoming totally dependent on tools, understanding mm-hmm. that there, there's something that is useful for achieving a task, for completing a task, but it, it's not it's not something that you should totally rely on. Like you should always develop more skills. So if this thing doesn't work, you have this thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's making me think of as like being a musician. How can I really be a musician if I don't have an instrument? How can I even express that? Well, I mean, I, I guess I could sing, but if I, if say, if I didn't sing, if I was, a very, very talented guitar player, and, and that's it, that instrument acts as a tool for my soul to express itself in that way. I believe things like musician, my soul very much chose that as a role to play in this life for unlocking my consciousness. Music is a way that I communicate with myself and the universe to bring out deep emotions or healing or inspiration or power, like all these things music, you know, is incredibly potent for. Mm-hmm. But how could I do that if I didn't have a, an instrument, you know, whether I craft it myself or buy one from someone else who did, but just think about the first people that were inventing instruments. They had the music inside of them and they had to literally create a tool to bring that into reality, so, uh, a, a mm-hmm. conduit for which to channel that energy from their, their in, internal out into the world. And then, of course, via like the feedback loop back in, because when I play mm-hmm. my guitar, I'm not just playing it to anyone who can hear. I, I'm playing it to myself and I can mm-hmm. manipulate and, and uh influence my own internal state of being through the very notes that I play. If I choose to play something hard and heavy or something smooth and relaxing, like I'm playing to myself just as much. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, absolutely. The whole, your tools can, can elevate you, can help you, you know, do, do the job better, but they can also hold you back. And there's a few things that go into, you know, uh, what, what dictates that. So for one example, you need the right tool for the right job. You know, um, if I'm trying to, uh, chisel like a very fine something into some delicate stone, I'm not going to use a sledgehammer. That's the wrong tool. Each tool is going to bring its own sort of energetic song. Uh, you know, and, and like you can even liken things to tools that are metaphysical. So like he came in like a sledgehammer. Well, obviously didn't there was no actual hammer involved, but the energy was like a sledgehammer. Well, that, that just means, you know, very hard hitting and, and no nuance to it, which sometimes is very useful. There's no nuance required when you're just tearing down a wall that's not even going to be there anymore. You just want to obliterate it. But then at other right. times you want that. So the right tool for the right job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely something as a tradesman I have I've learned, you know, the hard way a lot of times that if, you, if you're trying to do a certain job and like you don't have the right tool, it can be a real pain in the ass, you know, or if you're using the wrong tool, you know, it, it's going to be a pain in the ass. So 
having the right tool for the right job and for, for the purpose that you're actually trying to achieve is, is very important. So it's, in, it's important to understand what that purpose is in the first place and how you want to go about that, you know, which is, this is another reason why cosmic law is such a, uh, important thing to understand. You have to understand why we're here, why we exist, what we're doing here and the laws, the rules that are governing the whole experience. So you can get in alignment with those, you know, the natural law is a tool for the development of your consciousness. So you need to know how to use it and, and how it applies. Yeah. So, and, and an important thing that we can also know is that it's important to try different tools. And even if it means sometimes like they don't work all the way, like in, in cosmic law, there isn't necessarily anything, depending on how you look at it, like you could, you could fail at what you're trying to achieve as in like, you didn't quite get that task done that time in that certain way, but you still learn from it. There's still that, that apophatic process where we learn, okay, so I learned how not to do this. Now I'm a little bit closer to knowing how to do it the right way. So there's, you know, as long, you know, when you can step into that mindset that there's, there's not really like a, a failure, you know, that you're achieving, you can see that the, um, it's okay to try different things, you know, try different, uh, spiritual practices this would be a good example. You're trying different spiritual practice. Like, does this work for you? Cause what, you know, breath work like pranayama that may work really well for one person, the other person, it might, it might not have as much of an effect, you know, like we, we all have our own, dispositions that, you know, will like our, our consciousness, they're, they're all different to some extent. So what, what tool may work for one person may, may not work for another. So try different tools, experiment with different things. And it's okay if it doesn't work out exactly how you planned, as long as you're still learning something along the way, it's perfectly okay. I love that, um, that idea how this actually ties right back into the whole roles aspect that we were just talking about as well because and i'm going to kind of expose myself as a nerd here but uh in, in video games especially like online games oftentimes there are these different sort of roles or archetypes that you can choose to incarnate as um for example so there's always like a tank character that's heavily armored and has you know weapons that do a lot of damage like a machine gun or a shotgun or a sledgehammer something like that and then there's like a sniper that's more like precision and nuance and way back in the, and then there's a healer and there's a, you know, a, an engineer that goes in and like, you know, like disarms bombs or that sort of thing. Anyway, this is such an interesting kind of allegory even for how we choose to spawn and what roles we want to play and how we're trying different roles like somebody might try the sniper and they get killed immediately because th that's not their style. And they're like, oh, I don't really like, I don't want to hide in the shadows. Like I want to get in the fight. Right. So then the tank is the character for you. So you've got to try different things and try on different suits, try on different roles until you find something that works for you, i.e. success, functionality. You know what I mean? Achieving the goal. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I love that you brought that up. That's a great point because it's like the same in like trying to find your career, your job. Like most people don't go right into the, their job or their career field that they end up in right out of high school. Like usually you're, you're trying a lot of different things or in a relationship, 
you generally don't get in the relationship that's like your your best relationship uh, first. Usually, you got to go through and like have have some that are kind of for a little bit, like that you, that you learn some hard lessons through, you know. Um, yeah. But then you end up finding like the person that like really is your better half, and they work for you and, and things like that. So. You know, that, that's that same kind of concept there. I, I love that. You know, it's important It's important to try all sorts of different experiences and see what works for you. For sure. And, and what a perfect example to sort of ob- observe the, the inverse or the negative form of that. Most people aren't choosing careers that are unlocking their fucking souls. They're choosing careers that will make them more money in their perceived survival situation of the rat race. And, and that's as far as it goes. And that's why most people are on some level fucking miserable. And the relationships is the same way. They, they get into something based on pretense or image or, or the idea of something rather than, you know, a relationship is definitely one of the most powerful tools for self-discovery because yeah. it's going to hold that mirror right in front of your face and for, yeah. for you know, good, bad, and ugly, it's going to show you what's there. But again, most people are choosing relationships that are either trauma bonding and just perpetuating the codependent cycle of abuse to each other, or like just this total tiptoe around all of our little triggers. That way we, we never have to face our shit, you know, and some, some form of that like very toxic, inauthentic, uh, manifestation or expression of that yeah well yeah and i mean with like relation that that's such a good tool for the development of consciousness because you and you can see like we talked about earlier like having the right tool for the right job if you have the wrong tool if you're in the wrong relationship it's it's going to hinder the development of your consciousness you can actually have a person that pulls you down that keeps you held back like i know i definitely experienced that in in my last relationship like with my son's mother very much one of those kind of you know you know very rough relationship, you know, like even though I could be working on myself or learning or doing whatever, you can't make the other person do that. So if, if you're staying stuck, like if I was to stay stuck in that relationship, just because I thought it was a societal norm that like, Oh, you know, we have a kid together. So now we have to, you know, we have to try to make it work. There's a lot of people that are stuck in relationships with people that they don't really fit with. That's not the right person with them just because they have a kid with that person. And that, and, and, and they think that's the best thing. They're trying to put the kid's interest first, you know. But at the same time, when you're doing that and you continually choose to use that wrong tool, you're, you're only going to hinder yourself. You're going to make that process that much harder to achieve because instead of, like, being able to move forward with a person, like, together, you're having, you know, you're trying to move. The other person's pulling you back. It's, you know. It, having the right tool for the right job, having the right job, the right career in your life, having the right people in your life, fr- whether that's friends, romantic partners, business partners, getting all of those things to where they're in alignment, to where they're helping develop your awareness and develop your consciousness and you are bettering yourself. That's how you know whether or not you're using the right tools. Like if, if you're not having that happen, if you feel like these relationships are energetically draining you, if these, you know, there's friends that like that, you know, they only hit you up when they need something or, you know what I mean? Like all this job that they don't really respect you. They only ever use you. Those are signs that what you're doing is not working. That's not the right tool. And you need to try something different. 
Right, exactly. And the people that lack in awareness are going to have this sphere of destruction and chaos around them. So the closer you are to that person, the more you're in just inviting that into your life. So, yeah, definitely important to be very conscious of who we're becoming more intimate with on that level because Mm -hmm. people idealize love and romance so much to the point that it almost seems like that that is what they believe is their purpose in life or or what they most want in life but really where that's coming from is a place of insecurity and fear and hoping that they can just find somebody who will love them unconditionally despite how fucked up that they know deep down that they are and and that they won't have to heal if somebody will just love them as they are but that's not what we're here to do that's a very childish mentality you know that that may seem harsh but it's truth and that and that is coming from a place of care and and, and perfectly in that vein brings us to the next point of you know don't blame the tools because you are the common denominator. Your consciousness is the bottom line. And of course, intentions do matter. But at the end of the day, it's it's your responsibility. It always comes back to the responsibility. It has to of your choices, how what tools you're using, how effective you are at those getting better at them, all of those things that's on you. But that, like to me, that makes me excited. I love the process. I mm-hmm. love developing myself and growing. It's it's it literally makes me feel alive. I mean, and that's yeah, that's not even like metaphorical because that really is like the purpose of life. But like you said, you can't completely blame some other person that you were in a relationship with if at some point you chose to be with them. Right. They can be a, a horrible, horrible person, and that part is on them. But you, we still have to, you know, own our choices and our roles that we play in these different scenarios, these different like scenes that we set up on the stage and and act out. That's what our soul is kind of doing. It's like putting on different costumes and masks and playing these different scenes and sometimes we want to play the villain and sometimes we want to be the romance, you know, and, and all these different parts of the story, but it's all us. We're, we are the whole cast all at the same time, even in the interactions of, of our consciousnesses. Um, but like this one is a very nuanced concept, the whole don't blame the tools thing, because on one hand, we definitely have a certain level of responsibility for those things, the tool, the tools that we're choosing, how we're choosing them, but also we can't use that as a cop out in and of itself. So, for example, oh, uh, it's the alcohol talking. Okay, there's a great little like colloquial expression that that sums that up. It's the you know I wouldn't have said that if I wasn't well, you know you still chose to to drink and become loose enough that you would say something you regret or people want to ban guns for violence. Right. But the gun is just a tool. It, you know, it, it, it's even designed to kill people, but killing people in an act of self-defense is perfectly, perfectly justified and is a right that people should have the, uh, well do inherently have the right to exercise. So it's, it, 
telling me, well, guns kill people, that's not enough of, of, of an excuse. You know what I'm saying? And you can't blame the tool for what people do any more than you can blame spoons for making people fat or any of this, you know, these types of arguments. Well, and I, I like that you said the common, you know, the common variable in, in all of these, it's us as an individual. So in, in regards to not blaming the tool, one of the things you could see is that There, there's such things like choosing the wrong tool for a job, but there's also another level of it, which is like, where's your mastery of that tool? Like you, you spoke about with a guitar, like a person could pick it up and then they, you know, they can't play shit. It may sound terrible. And then they'd be like, well, like, should they be like, oh, this guitar sucks. It's not capable of making music. No, you have to develop your own skill and your own mastery with that tool, uh, in order to like really use it in the proper way. So it's, it's not just about finding the correct tool. It's about developing yourself in such a way that you can use that in the most effective way possible. You know, yeah, yeah it's, the same, it's the same with any other tool. Like I've been, I've been, you know, using uh, skill saws and other things like that my, my entire life. And I definitely will do things that are not OSHA approved, but that I'm confident enough in my skill set that, I can use that tool in that way that some, someone else might cut off their finger or something, but I'm, I have enough experience with it that I can do that. And then I can, I can kind of like bend the rules in the way that you typically use that tool. I can actually use it in ways you typically want it that allow me to achieve other tasks even easier. So, you know, the, the mastery of that tool is definitely something to, to know in how we are gauging its effectiveness. Like, Right. And there's there's a certain level of responsibility that comes with using that tool as well, because tools yep. are a conduit of power. And, and with power comes responsibility because it, it can do great things or terrible things. And you, you mm -hmm. have to be very careful, you know, like you wouldn't just go try to fly a helicopter if you hadn't been trained on it, because yeah. that can be very dangerous. Not only could you die, but you could like crash it into a house or something like that. So having that proper knowledge, you know, um, is definitely essential. And we can see this with the, with the Kinage rune, which is this one. Um, it, it, this rune represents knowledge, but there's three levels to it. There's the ability, there's the knowledge, and there's the right. The, so the right to use that, and, and done so in an intentional way, you know, for, for good reason, for, to have a positive outcome. And then obviously you have to know what you're doing, you know, before you attempt to use it. Yeah, with, with Kanaj, that's definitely uh, an essential understanding for looking at tools. Like it's, it's like you said, you, you first, you have to have the intellectual understanding of it. You have to have the knowledge. Then you also have to have the ability to implement that tool and lastly, the right to do so. So, you know, if you're trying to, you know, work on a house or something like one, having the knowledge of what needs done and, and how to do it, like how to use that tool property, having the physical ability to operate that in a safe way, and then having the right, like it's your house or someone has paid you to work on it. Like you're not just going around doing it to something that's not yours. So, you know, and it's the same with the dome of tools of consciousness, you know, you, you need to like with astrology, right? There's a lot of responsibility that comes with being an astrologer because astrology 
is such a powerful tool that it could it could be used for the elevation of consciousness, but you could ask you could use it to absolutely destroy someone. You can you can find out a, uh, when someone is going to die through looking at a chart, and then you could use that knowledge in an improper way. You know what I mean? Like there there's any tool could be you know a chainsaw could be used to carve a beautiful sculpture out of wood, or it could be used to cut up a body. Like they're neutral, just like anything you know. Things are neutral, and, and it's how we're using them. It's the, the intention behind them. Um, so that canage, that really becomes very essential in being able to gauge whether or not I should use this tool, whether or not I have the right to, uh, and things like that. That that proper canage is is very essential um, in understanding this whole process. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about how you have to eventually outgrow your tools, right? If, if you start on like a little child-sized guitar, you can't play that forever. Like you need to go beyond that. You know, I, I, I love too what you were saying, by the way, about um, if, you're, if you're not good, at, if you don't have the skill to start with, you can't say, oh, that guitar sucks. Like, like a nice guitar can't make a bad player good but it can make a good player great, if that makes sense. Like, it, it, there's some room in, in how it, it's going to allow that skill to be expressed in reality, but it, the tool can't act as a substitute for the skill itself. Right. Yeah, and then the, that's great. And then the other thing is that if you're not outgrowing them, then, then those tools will essentially act as a crutch. Like, think about that. When people say it acts as a crutch, it, they're talking about it's crippling you. So if you get wounded, if you break your leg, a crutch is a really useful tool to have. But once your leg heals, if you were to keep using that crutch, it, it would just slow you down. Like, it, it wouldn't make any sense. So you have to outgrow your tools. Like. I even think about things like like drugs and things that people use to cope, like things that you could say are coping mechanisms. Those are tools in a way too, because just think though, like if a person's that sick that they they are driven to those sort of self-destructive behaviors, imagine what sort of destructive behaviors that person would do if they didn't have that to just relieve a little bit of the, the tension they'd probably do something a lot worse, right? So in a way, drugs, even bad drugs, can be a, a useful tool to get you through to a point where you can actually let go of them. But even something like psychedelics, for example, we've talked about this, it can be a, a, an incredibly powerful tool for cracking the shell, bringing up stuff to deal with. But eventually you want to be able to do that on your own. You don't want to just keep relying on something outside of yourself. You want that internal sovereignty, internal full self-reliance and independence. Mm -hmm. Well, and yeah, yeah, I like that you brought that up because it it has me thinking of how as you gain mastery over certain tools, getting better and better ones is good. Like you use the example of a guitar, you know. Um, another one that it made me think of is like with a, with a motorcycle, right? Like when you first get a bike, you want to get one that's like 
you don't want to get like a thousand CC to just start with because you're probably going to kill yourself if you don't have that level of mastery yeah. to be able to handle something with that much power. So it's better to start off with something like a 550 or something, you know, like a smaller bike that it's, it's a little bit more lightweight. It's a little bit easier to handle and maneuver. And then as you develop that skill set and you gain a mastery of it, then you can, you can move to a bigger bike. You can, you can upgrade your tool. Yeah. Cause You'll, you'll probably end up fucking up the tool in the process as well as you yeah. develop skills. It doesn't make sense to, to spend a bunch of money on a really nice, expensive thing to start out with because you're probably going right. to tear it to shreds. Right. Yeah, and another thing that we can kind of see sometimes is that sometimes for a certain task, you need more than one tool to complete the job. You know, mm-hmm. an example I could think of would be like using a hammer and a chisel. That chisel isn't nearly as useful if you don't have a way to put an impact on a force behind it so it, it can then do what it needs to. So you need both of those. Or like if you're working on a car, you know, sometimes having like uh, a wrench and then you, you know, you hook up like an extension to it or something that it gives you more leverage. You know, you're combining tools so you get the effect of both of them, but the effect of both of them working in combination allows you to achieve that task faster. In regards to consciousness, this would be like using astrology and comparing it with the runes and comparing it with the tarot. You're using these different tools that all have their own energetic qualities, their own abilities, but when used in conjunction with each other, allow you to achieve your task more effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even think of a tool itself can be composed of multiple tools, like mm-hmm. the machines that clean a floor. They have the big brush that buffers the floor on the front, and then on the back there's a squeegee that's like, you know, mm-hmm. pushing uh, all the water out of the way. But you don't think of that as the brush tool and the squeegee tool. It's just the floor cleaner. Like the, it, it's all right. one thing. But again, even this, uh, this is a, a total philosophical rabbit hole in and on of itself of where um, concepts break down when you start removing their components. In other words, like take a car, the car is a thing. It's, it's a one item, a concept that you're applying to a, a bunch of parts that are stuck together. Well, if you took the wheels off, you'd look at it and you'd be like, well, yeah, it's still a car. It's just a car without wheels. And you would add that little caveat. But as you keep removing pieces from it, Eventually, you're looking at it, and it, you're like, you don't even see a car anymore. But but when did it actually stop being a car? Mm-hmm. Is it still a car if you take all the same 100% of the pieces and just lay them out in a pile not put together? Or is it just a pile of parts? Well, it's both. But the concept is what actually started to break down. How many pieces do you have to remove of the thing that makes it what it is before it isn't anymore. And, yeah. and uh, that's where the line gets crossed between reality and the plane of mentalism, because a concept, again, isn't the thing itself. It's something that you're applying to an idea, especially in this case of a tool. It's usually applied to a thing that is, again, towards, or it's, it's pointing towards that thing's particular function. Mm-hmm. Again, people could design a gun to kill people, but then you could just use it to uh, open a lock. It doesn't even, you know, you're not even shooting a person or a living thing. You're just using the, the force to, to, move, to break a lock. So then 
there's the intention of how the tool was created and what it was created for, and then how you can choose to use it. And it would be just mm -hmm. as effective doing that as shooting something, like shooting a thing. So, yeah, it's just right. it's so many different ways you could look at this, man. It's, it's insane. Yeah, that's, that's a great example, especially if you're thinking of like, like a shotgun, right? You could like you use a shotgun to kill somebody or open a door. You could use it to just go out and shoot clay pigeons, you know, for sport, you know, which mm -hmm. is, you know what I mean? But there, it's very interesting how that can shift. So there's, you definitely see this dynamic between like how the tool has its own energetic qualities and where it can shift and change depending on the nuance. And a lot of that nuance depends on mm -hmm. you as an individual and the nuance within yourself and how you are choosing to use that. Cause how one person chooses to use a tool is totally different than how another yeah. person chooses to use it. And that affects the outcome. Technically you could try to use a shotgun to mow your lawn. You could do it. If yeah. you had enough shells, you could do it. But is that the best way? And that's really what it comes right. down to is that's where your responsibility comes in is using your intelligence to think outside the box. Is there a better way? You know, mm -hmm. and, and um, I'll let you finish your point before I get into the next thing that uh, that, that was leading me to. Um, I think yeah, that, that was pretty much all I had on that one. Okay. So the idea that necessity is the mother of invention. And so mm -hmm. there's, there's really like this masculine and feminine aspect to this, this idea of tools, which pretty much there's a masculine and feminine aspect to everything. So we're just going to like look at that, how that applies to this particular episode that you're tapping into your logic and your creativity mm -hmm. that that need that now piece yeah, is what, what, what created the situation. Yes. That, that need that lack that scarcity that's kind of pushing you into that masculine of okay i need a better way there there's something that needs done work a task that that i'm not doing so well at so i need to think and and be because you're applying logic because of what you know about natural law and physics and all that you have to apply what you know logically to actually create something that will function in the real world, but you also have to apply the feminine right brain to be creative and think, imagine things that don't exist. Like mm -hmm. everything that does exist now started as simply an idea that didn't exist at all until it first was created. And then mm -hmm. you could tell somebody else about it and said, well, here's this thingamabobber and I'm calling it a jang jang. And now you've put a label on the concept of what is this thing? How does it work? And what is it supposed to do? And then Bob can take your same idea and said, well, what if you put a little handle here and, and then you can improve on the idea? So, I mean, and this is the development of tools to develop ourselves, to develop tools, to develop ourselves. It's this ongoing interplay. I, I really like that you brought up uh, Nalthys because that, that's immediately what I was thinking of in regards to necessity. And, and we can see, and, and for those of you who aren't familiar, if you're not familiar with the runes, we did a, a three-part episode on the Elder Futhark where we introduce all the runes and talk about their meanings. But in short, Nalthys, it translates to need fire. And it, it looks like the image of like two sticks being rubbed together. So if you imagine like in the runes were developed in, in the Ice Age in, in Europe. So 
fire was something that allowed our people to stay alive. So if you imagine being very cold and trying to rub two sticks together to fight it, you, you have a need. You're like, you, that's, that's now feast. Okay. It mm-hmm. can be a very, uh, intense energy, but also it, it, it breeds that creation. If you, if you think about the two sticks of the now, now these as the masculine and the feminine, you know, you have to use the creativity of the feminine, the imagination with the action of the masculine to actually bring that idea into the physical manifestation. Right. The mas- what, what happens when the masculine and the feminine come together? Something is birthed. Same in the physical realm. It's the same in the mental realm. This is the law of correspondence as within, so without. So when you're using the ability to have that masculine action and to see that tool, okay, oh, this is what it is. Oh, but now I can get creative with it. You're uniting it with that feminine energy. And then a new way of using that tool has been birthed. So, you know, these, this is why we talk about cosmic law and these universal principles, because they literally apply to anything you can think of. And once you start getting these, these mastery of these tools down, life will become a whole lot easier for you. Yeah, absolutely. Beautifully said there. And uh, we can look at kind of how you're also blending kind of order and chaos together too, because you need that sort of free element for a tool to fully, you know, function properly. If if you put too much intellect on it, it's going to bog it down. You know, like think about minimalism when, when you're creating something that's very simple can sometimes be that extra edge in how effective it is. And so even kind of looking at something like government as what is at least intended to be a tool, obviously from our perspective, we're not giving credence to the legitimacy of it as a tool for what its ostensible purpose is. We're not legitimizing that, but in the context of just kind of looking at the idea behind it, is that they're trying to use control as a tool, which isn't inherently bad. There's nothing wrong with control itself. It's when you're trying to control other people forcefully that makes it a problem. But the intention of what government is supposed to be is a tool that is supposed to kind of like impose that order. It just doesn't actually work that way. And so there's another thing too is that like you can intend to want something to be something but a tool doesn't care about that a tool just does what it does you put input you 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 do a thing you push a button you swing it whatever it is and a certain action spits out the other side and then it's you it's up to you to decide is this satisfactory or do i need to to do something better and then you need to actually change something about it to get it closer to the intended goal. Right. Yeah. That, that, that's a really good point to look at the, the fact that like the control itself, control itself is not inherently bad. It's when we are extending that control to where we're trying to manipulate and control others that it becomes. So it's too much of that tool. It's too much mm-hmm. of that energy. You know, like it's, it's like that, the saying, like all, all things in moderation, it, it really is, mm-hmm. is kind of like that of having that balance. Like if you, and, and on the flip side of that, if there's like too much chaos, like if, you know, if an individual within themselves has no self-control, that's going to then reflect out into their reality field. So the, the key is to 
be able to embody both of those energies. And it's, it's about having your own self control, you know, and then the chaos that you allow is, is what is outside of yourself, like what you can't control, which is, is mm-hmm. the behaviors of other people, you know, as so long as they're not harming you as an individual, you don't really have the right to stop them from doing any certain thing, you know, unless they are specifically violating your rights, which is them then overextending the use of that tool of control. So, you know, then there's that, that element to balance it back out. Yeah, that's interesting because it, it's, it would almost be like just coming up on someone who's sitting there like working in their yard and they're, they're trying to do something and you see them kind of struggling and you think you know a better way. And instead of coming up and, and offering that suggestion or something, you literally come up and attempt to force them like, no, 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 you got to do it like this. And trust me, it's for your own good. That's what that sort of imposition of control via government is actually doing. It's not respecting the natural learning process of the universe of failure and then uh, that natural discovery versus it being imposed on you, you're not going to mm-hmm. value it in the same way for its functionality. You just, you're just trying to avoid being like abused basically. <laughs> so right. it, it, that, that definitely stunts the, the ability for authentic growth and learning. And, yeah. and the, uh, the, the thing that I, I wanted to really kind of like throw in here and wrap up with is this concept of mastery. And of course, we, we talked about how it's important to have a mastery over your tools, but it's also really to do with mastering yourself. And it's that self-discovery that we're talking about. Well, I believe that by gaining a mastery of something like an art form or a science or, or whatever it is, whether you're you know a musician or... Uh, just a a business owner or, you know, somebody who makes cheese, it it doesn't matter. It's that you you find that thing or those things, whatever they are, that are are it for you and use that path as a conduit to, to achieve that self mastery. So it's not even so much about the thing that you're doing, you can get it from anything as long as you have a very deep soul connection to that action or that process. And by way of that, you're going to be unlocking that part of yourself by committing yourself to that craft and and understanding everything there is to know about it. Because when you get to that level of mastery, it's like looking down from a skyscraper. You could see everything from that like aerial view and that that exudes in so many other ways about who you are as a person. When you have something that you've mastered, that is going to translate into all areas of your life and the way that you carry yourself and the way that you interact with people and the way that you keep an open mind about learning new things. And, and it, it, it's just kind of one of those things that I view as an essential aspect to just being a human being is you have to have a craft of some kind to really be so in love with the process and just every day is a joy to work with those things. Um, There's, there's no, I don't think that there's anything that can quite take that place. And I would uh, like to recommend a book by Robert Greene called mastery. 
and how you know it takes ten thousand hours essentially to to master something. And his writing style, he likes to he's very knowledgeable about history. So he'll pepper the entire book with these anecdotes about kings and queens and like Leonardo da Vinci and Dale Carnegie and all these super successful, powerful people, and then share these excerpts of like something that happened to them or something, some part of their experience that actually is supporting the idea that he's talking about. So it's not just some guy's ideas, like he's showing you how these are actual patterns that have been throughout history and and that this pathway to mastery is kind of the one of those things that all great influential people have had in common. Yeah, and that's a great point. I, I want to hop back to the the point about the the control with the government and everything. Mm-hmm. You you mentioned that it's it's really cutting off the natural learning process, and and we mentioned this in in a previous episode we did about how like when a parent is not letting their child learn through the natural law process and they're trying to always, you know, kind of keep them in this little box, you're actually stunting the growth. Yeah. You're trying to stunt, stunt, stunts the growth of that child. The same with the government, how everybody, you know, they're so afraid of the consequences of natural law of the apophatic process that they actually end up advocating for government. And it's trying to create this kind of artificial construct that actually stunts and limits the growth of consciousness. So mm-hmm. that's when you see, like, a, when we talk about a tool hindering you, too much control hinders the development of your consciousness. Like, mm-hmm. you know, especially if that, that's coming from an, an outside force. If it's not coming from within, it's coming from without, then, then it's going to hinder you. And, and yes, mastery of the tool, I, I definitely uh, agree in the sense that it, being able to master a tool or a craft or a trade, it really does do something for the development of yourself as an individual. Like you said, it, it'll radiate out into all areas of the life. And astrologically, what, what we can see with this is that's Saturn. You're learning the lessons of Saturn. Saturn's a large, slow-moving planet that puts lots of pressure on you. He makes you work really, really hard. But once you have that, you then retain that lesson for a long time. So you're putting in that 10,000 hours, those literally years of work to, to master something. But once you have that, you then have it, you retain it. You've achieved that lesson of Saturn. Uh, so, you know, mastery of tools and things that those are definitely kind of a Saturnian energy that you can tap into with, with that. But as you, and Saturn get, you know, he's also, he's the karka of cosmic law of karma, natural law. So it's funny that you see that, that discipline, that mastery that it takes to master a skill. It's also intricately tied with the cosmic law process of your having to go through, use this a tool, apply it, learn from your experiences with it and continue to grow to a level that you get more and more competent with it. Your mastery of that grows to a point that you've then you've then mastered it in in the sense that you you really have that kind of bird's eye view like you were talking about of of how that tool works like the concepts involved with it and how they're supposed to be used and also you're still open with that that feminine aspect of realizing how you can imagine how it can be used differently how it can be changed how it can be improved you know at the same time exactly and even in light of when I said that, you know, at least have that one thing, definitely have that one thing. Like if, if you feel like you don't have that, start there, you know, find find something that really 
makes you feel like you come alive when you do that, even though you're bad at it. And that's really the key too, because every person that's ever been great at something sucked at it first. There was a first time that Eddie Van Halen picked up the guitar and sucked ass and all his friends went, Oh dude, don't quit your major. You know what I mean? But he, he fell in love with it and that's why he became the Eddie Van Halen that we know and love. Some of us. (laughs) And so beyond that though, I'm thinking of this concept of a renaissance man or a renaissance woman mm-hmm. having more than one and even the more things that you can become at least fairly proficient and competent at without obviously spreading yourself too thin. You know, you don't want to be a jack of all trades and master of none. But again, those things will sort of bleed into each other. Like, for example, me getting better at graphic design is also going to make me better at building websites or, you know, like if I, uh, it it doesn't even have to be things that are related. Like painting art can make you a better chef because you're practicing blending, like instead of foods and spices, you're blending colors and light, but it's still kind of the same thing, but done and expressed in a different way. That's it, that's going to make, you know, the painting will make you a better cook. The cooking will make you a better painter. And so the more things that you can just find passion in, I you know, I don't want to say find your bliss because that word that kind of gets a little bit overused in the in the new age circles. And it's, it's not all about your bliss. But when you're doing that thing, it is because that's what creates that flow state that we talk about. where you sort of like get out of your own way and tap into something much, much bigger and deeper than yourself from within. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, be a Renaissance man or be a Renaissance woman. Like, uh, but, but start with one thing. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, start there, but don't stop there, go all the way and enjoy that process because it's just as much about the process and the journey as it is about the end goal and the destination and both give meaning to each other. So there, uh, a life fulfilled is going to have that as a part of it where, where you have something that you can really kind of lose yourself in and, uh, and tap into. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, what that brought up for me was, um, the concept of dharma like like passion really is the is the right word for it like if find the thing that makes your soul light up like that you're mm-hmm. passionate about because that's the thing that's going to give you the drive to keep going even when it's fucking hard and and if you want to if you're not sure what your dharma is or what your life path is like what what your orlog is that's that's how you start find what makes you passionate like what lights your soul up and, and start there like that's the easiest way to do it don't you know, step out of the realm of thinking, oh, I have to please this person or I have to do this or I have to do that. Find what makes you passionate. Start mastering that skill and the other things will fall into place. And you have to create a space for that. That's very, very fucking important because everybody has all these excuses of why why they don't this or that or, oh, I would if or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You have to make it happen. Use your willpower. Use your intuition attention, create a space, do whatever it takes so that you can create that little pocket of space 
where you can go in a room by yourself and 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 fully immerse yourself in that process mm -hmm. and then and start from there so yeah that's pretty much all we have on this episode we sure hope you guys enjoyed this uh if you're new hit the subscribe button join us for weekly videos hit the like button as well if you would it really helps us out and helps our video get traction and um a couple of quick things i would like to uh give a shout out to charles murray for his multiple very generous donations to us the, these mm -hmm. These are the things that really help us out because we're still just regular people. We have we have jobs, we've got bills, and we do this in our spare time. And we don't really make a lot of money f with it because it, it the truth is much more important to us. You know, we we really do have a passion for this stuff, but we live in the real world, and these these donations or just you know purchasing a, a consultation or a, a package from us allows us to make better content, get better equipment, and we really, really appreciate that. So Charles Murray, thank you so much, and uh, Caroline Dougherty as well. So wanted to uh, give them some love. Yeah. Also, for all of our downloads, uh, packages, courses, those are all available at thewizardfactory.com. Some really cool stuff on there. Gotten great mm -hmm. feedback on everything so far. I got a quick little thing I'd like to add in there. So <clears throat> this will be available on the website soon as well as, as a new service that uh, we'll be offering. But I, I recently just completed a, a, another astrological uh, uh, certification. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm always constantly educating myself, like, and I will constantly be learning more. Like the net, my next thing is going after my degree uh, in astrology here. But I, I recently got certified for relationship astrology as well. So uh, marriage consultations, looking at the energetic flow in relationships and things. So that's another service that we're going to uh, add to the website here very shortly. Uh, it's not quite up yet, but very soon we'll be offering that service as well. And, you know, we're constantly trying to expand the value that we can bring uh, to you guys as, as the viewer and with the services that we can offer to be able to help people uh, along the path by using and applying these tools that, that we have gained a mastery of ourselves. Um, so, so yeah, you know, that there's a quick little add on for that, but you know, all our other services and things, uh, one-stop shop, the And, you know, be sure to download our free initiation package. If you haven't on there, all you have to do is mm. put in your email and you'll get a link that has a, a free video series that gives you some foundational tools uh, for uh, the spiritual path work that, that Logan and I are on that you can apply and use in your own life. So, you know, be sure to get yes. that as well if you haven't yet. And you'll also get an invitation to our private Facebook group, The Inner Sanctum, where you can connect with other, you know, truth lovers and uh, uh, Wizard Factory fans as well. And we're, you know, we're really trying to build that community as well. Mm -hmm. um, check us out on the social media platforms. Follow us on Facebook. Links are below. Also, our audio podcast is now available on all the major platforms. Uh, so check that out. And we're also still uh, working on a full launch of our brand new Patreon page very soon, which we have some amazing content uh, planned oh, yeah. for you guys on, on each tier is going to be very unique and have its own sort of uh, value that it brings. So we're very excited about that. Um, if that interests you, I, I would like you to leave us a comment below. And also, if you if you have anything that comes to mind of what kind of exclusive content would you 
like to see or be be like interested in for our patrons uh leave that down below because we want to hear from you and ultimately we mm -hmm. want to serve you the best way that we can so that that would help us out so thanks again for watching everyone we really hope you enjoyed it and of course like always until next time be empowered inspired and encouraged thank you for listening to the wizard factory podcast we hope you'll join us again next week as we continue to explore deeper understanding of the universe and ourselves.